Hello and welcome to the Walk Around Podcast powered by JMA Group. I am one of your hosts, Mark Spoto, joined as always by Elliot Shore. Hello, hello. And this is a very special episode. Very special. Of the Walk Around. We have been talking about this episode for over a year now, and we've finally been able to make it happen. Yes. You know, we work for an organization. We're very fortunate to work for an organization with a strong internship program. And this is the intern edition of the walk around. We thought it would be really interesting to talk to the next generation of car buyers, or maybe the current generation of car buyers, if you will, to give some insights to our audience and our dealers about what's on the horizon. What do people care about when they think about buying cars? Totally. You know, we're, we're used to bringing you experts, uh, automotive influencers from all across the automotive spectrum. And the reality is, is that uh, we often don't get a raw consumer perspective. And, um, and we thought we were excited to get our, our best and brightest young interns uh, on the show, on the pod here, uh, to bring you guys, uh, you know, some real raw feedback on, on how the younger generation or a sampling of it views the car buying process, views cars in general. Um, so we're really excited. I know Mark and I have, uh, have uh, think this is going to be a really fun episode yeah. for all of you guys. And, uh, and so with that, I think let's welcome, let's our, meet our, let's interns. welcome our interns. Look, I got my Nikes on. I'm, I'm trying know. to feel and, close and, to the young and church. You, and you're really... Um, I got my Florida State Yeah, I feel on. like you're instigating with the Florida State on we'll a get little there. bit. Okay. We will get there. Okay. Let's meet our interns. Uh, Jacob, start us off. Sure. So my name is Jacob Schlesel. I'm a junior at Florida State studying marketing, and I am my internship here is JMA Marketing. Very nice. And uh, so now I see the Florida State yes. connection. You see. Jeez. You see what I did. Jeez, who selected these interns already? <laughs> We're off to a bad start. I think it's obvious. It's obvious, right? <laughs> totally. Uh, do I hear more Florida State coming? Okay. Well, welcome, Jacob. Thank you for joining us. Thank you guys for having us, by the way. My name's Adam Yea. I'm going to be a junior finance major, also doing my combined degree master's program in finance at UF. So go Gators. I'm surrounded by a few Seminoles. Uh, I'm, this summer, my internship has been with JMA's business transformation and strategy execution team. Awesome. All right. Welcome, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> I am Madeline Kelly, a junior at Florida State University, studying public relations. And this summer, I'm working with JM Family's public relations team. So it's been awesome. Cool. Very so cool. just for the record, three Seminoles, a Gator. I and a hurricane. You've Whoa. set this up. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like the deck is I may totally have stacked. stacked. The deck. Yes, and we for wanted, all of you out there, let's go Canes. Uh, listen, uh, we wanted the yeah. best and brightest. We're so of course we're, we're going to lean Florida State. Oh, oh I see. I, I think it's just a representation for the football season to come. You know? There you go, yeah. Jacob. Well, it's a little foreshadowing. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Florida State talking awfully confident. <laughs> now, this may not play well in your favor. You know, it's all on record. We can go back and watch it. Look, so. it's been a while. It's been a while. Just allow us to have a little bit of joy in our lives. Looking forward to the, the football season. Okay. Well, all right. Just let's for the next get, 30 minutes. Let's get into it. First of all, let's. We wanted to talk to you. Obviously, you're in the generation of new car buyers. Um, you're in school. You're studying. You're looking to make a career for yourselves. First question we were interested in is: Is owning a car important to you guys? 
Yeah, I mean, it's a great question because we've heard all the time, we've heard a lot about the younger generation and how they're not interested in carbs. Um, and, and we're not trying to lead you down a path. We genuinely want to know, like, what is, do you view, you know, it used to be the car was a symbol of freedom in a sense for maybe us and yeah. our parents. And, um, but, but what is the, the generation, you know, what is this generation? How do you guys view cars? So let's start, Madeline, let's start with you. Um, I would say it's a necessity. I lease my car. So whenever it's up, the first thing I'm thinking is getting a new car. So, I mean, I like driving a lot. I drive up to school, drive home. I like having that freedom yeah. to be able to go anywhere. So I would say a car to me is a main priority. Right. Do you view it as a extension of your personality? Do you view the color as important? Do you view all of that? Yeah. <laughs> you do. <laughs> Definitely. So there's style in there. Yeah. Right? So the passion, there is some passion in there. It's not just a a mode of getting from point A to point B for you. Oh, no, uh, yeah, all of it. All of it matters to me, awesome. I'd say. What about you, Adam, same I, question. I think it's a really interesting question because I think our generation and the generation before us, so millennials, tend to have this, we tend to move faster and we tend to not like to stay in the same place a lot. Hmm. So leasing tends to be a popular trend mm -hmm. and things like leasing, so you know, moving from state to state or moving from job to job earlier on, earlier on in their career. Myself personally though, I tend to like owning a car more than leasing, hmm. just because kind of to the things you alluded to where um, I take great care of my car. It's like something that I really care about. I drive a lot like Madeline says. Uh, the color is really important, how the interior looks. I don't feel like it's a representation or an extension of me, but I feel like it's a representation of myself. Not that I have to drive the most flashy car, but if I take care of my car, it shows that I take care of myself. Wow. that's. Really interesting. I think we are kind <laughs> yeah. of bucking the trend that we're hearing that totally. the new generation or the young generation don't really care about automobiles. I think it's... We're hearing the opposite. So far, so good. Jacob, what do you think? I'm just going to add on to their point. I mean, for me, in my opinion, driving or even the automobile is so much more than just a means of transportation. Like, I think it's more of like an experience, honestly. So hmm. I think like going forward, you know, it, having a car that you enjoy driving and you enjoy going from point A to point B is it's really important to me. And I just think that, yeah, like I said, it's just a lot more than a means of transportation. So it's interesting you use the word experience. Yes. Because that is something we talk about routinely on the Walk Around podcast and with our guests about the car buying experience. So you kind of set the, the stage that cars are important, they matter, they're part of your your lifestyle, obviously m modes of transportation, but what is it like, or what's your opinion of buying a car? Is that something you dread? Is it an experience that you look forward to? Talk to us about that. Adam, why don't you start? Yeah, so one of our main intern projects this semester, or this summer has been what the dealership of the future looks like. Hmm. Uh, that's Jacob and I, we're on the JMA team. So we've thought a lot about the car buying experience and what that is today and what it could look like in the, in the future. So to, to, give, to set the stage a little bit, we took a survey of a lot of people from our generation, but also past generations as well, to see where that experience currently aligned. And a lot of people tend to dread you know, that the long wait times, the negotiations, the hassle, kind of going back and forth between managers, being passed between. And those factors can definitely play a part. I can say that to my personal experience, uh, last summer I went to buy a car before my first internship. and. You know, going around looking for a car, there was limited inventory at the time, even more so than today. So that was definitely an issue. And then, 
you know, I felt like I was being aggressively sold on. I didn't mm. like necessarily like that the person was more focused on just getting me to see the next car or getting me to see the next manager rather than trying to build a relationship with me, which I think is more important in a selling process than anything else mm. because you can't sell to somebody if you don't know what they want. So that, I think that's a really important part. Uh, I ended up buying my car from CarMax because, you know, we went there and we were looking for a trade-in value. We got the appraisal and they had a wider variety of cars, but at the same time, like there wasn't any negotiation. They have the single price. Yeah. Um, obviously they're trying to sell the F&I products as necessary, but we did buy the car, so. So the experience mattered to you. Absolutely. And, and you ended up buying in a place where you felt comfortable with the process, with the experience, and, and, that's, and you're happy with your transaction. Absolutely. Very cool. I would say to Adam's point, I think that going forward, the sales process is gonna be much more about relationship building. I know a lot of dealerships have started to implement that, but going forward, I think that's gonna be of the utmost importance because it's not just gonna be about selling inventory, pushing inventory, it's gonna be about establishing a relationship and just building rapport and just creating a, an environment where you don't walk in and you feel like you're just being sold to. It's more of like, they wanna help you find the right car for you. It's not. It's not like they want to sell you a specific model or that kind of thing. I just think that, especially with our generation, the pressure of going into a dealership is something that a lot of people want to avoid. So a lower pressure environment where it's it's just an it's more of like a relationship. Like I said, I mean, I think that's going to be a really important factor. It's yeah, so interesting. Totally, I mean, and definitely aligns with what we've been hearing from so many of our well, and, conversations. And it's interesting because one of our most popular episodes, Kelly Stumpy. Yes, the car mom. The car mom, um, episode 71. The, um, <laughs> the, she, what, she, nicely done, she, good plug. She mentioned that, um, you know, build a relationship with your salesperson before you walk in. So what I'm hearing is that relationship really matters That's to true. you guys. Madeline, would you agree with that? I would say yes. I think my car buying experience is a little bit different just because the car that I have now, we ordered online, hmm. but that took, I want to say like four months. So it was just kind of a waiting game, but then having a relationship with the sales associate when we got to the dealership to pick up the car made it a lot smoother. It was hmm. more conversational. It was just a lot more relaxing. And this summer I actually spent a few days over at JM Lexus and their sales managers had just graduated. So me and another intern were their first ever customer. So they kind of took us through the entire, they sold us a car, basically. Right. It didn't end up going through because the car declined. <laughs> didn't work out, but we got to test drive, got to go through all the steps of like financing or leasing. So, and I think that it's a younger generation also of sales managers. So hmm. they are taught in a way to relationship build. And I think that made like such a difference. And I even told them if I, come back and I want to buy a Lexus one day, I save their business cards and I would go to them. Wow. wow. That's so they've earned a customer for life. Exactly. Right? So yeah. I'm glad you brought up online because that's another hot topic in our industry. Totally. And I was thinking, you know, I wanted to double click on both what Adam and Jacob were saying because yeah. there was something that I didn't hear in there. And that was the online process. I heard both of you when I walked in, when I went around, when I physically went. So. You know, tell us about that, yeah. right? Like, you know, what was your research process like? Did you want to do the transaction online? What made you want to go into the dealership? Sure, I think that online is going to be 
a, a huge importance going forward, but I don't think, in my opinion at least, it's going to be the end-all be-all. So I think that there's something to be said about having a physical experience going into the dealership, feeling the interior, you know, just getting the touch points that you're never going to be able to get online, as well as I think that human connection is something that's important to everyone. I mean, I don't think AI will ever be able to replace a human interaction. You know, there's something to be said about the handshake at the end of the deal, that kind of thing that you just can't replicate online. So I think that just being able to go into a dealership and having that experience, that's that that'll never be replaced by some kind, maybe in part by online, but definitely not in its entirety, because I don't think you can just go online and make a purchase. I think you'd ha at least have to test drive it at some point. Yeah, right. Adam, I'm curious in your situation, you know, in your shopping experience, you, you definitely took the time to research. Right. Visit multiple stores. Multiple stores, try right. to understand what's the best car for you. I'm sure you did a lot of that online. And how did you feel the transition went from going online to then going into the store? It's a really good point. Um, I think, so for myself, my personal research process, my dad works for Sorry, an independent repair shop. Hmm. And so I have a lot of experience, I have a lot of knowledge, I should say, in my back pocket about what cars are good, what cars are gonna last a long time, what the service uh, life of a car is gonna end up being, but also just tending to be like backdoor knowledge of things that he's taught me in the past. And so going into it, I know I was looking for something a little bit higher quality, right? I was looking for uh, a Toyota or a Honda or maybe, maybe even a Nissan, but uh, also was looking for price range. Those things I started doing were looking for um, available cars, which was the hardest part, is so inventory was obviously the first factor just because of supply chain issues. But then price became a huge factor is I wanted to stay within a certain range because mm. I'm making my own car payments. So how would that look on a monthly basis? You know, uh, at this point, I think interest rates were still relatively low. Obviously today is much different. Totally. I was reading something that 80% of new cars are financed and interest rates today are higher than they've been in 30 years or so. So that's that's another interesting part as well. But then also optionality, and this is a huge topic with millennials and our generation, I think, uh, whether it just be having the option to go from in-person to online, but also to choose from different models and different colors. Hmm. Um, an important trend of online that I think is really important for dealerships to focus on is to be omni-channel, to have the ability to start your process online and you know look and pick out your model and then go into the dealership and pick up right where you left off. Those dealerships that are digitally enabled are gonna have way more of an advantage over those that are either purely digital or purely brick and mortar. Mm. For, the, for the reasons that Jacob said, right? The relationship building is important, but you also need to have that, that research aspect. Another factor that we looked into was a few years ago, the average customer saw four dealerships or so before buying a car. Today, it's between you know, 1.4 1 to 2. Mm. So that's showing you that people are doing a lot more of their research online and they're just more so going to the place with the car. Right, so basically when you show up to the dealership, you're buying. Right. I mean, that's when I hear that stat, what it means to me is you've done your research. As long as that uh, store can make that connection, right, that relationship connection, give you a, uh, a good process and and respect your time and respect um, the, you know, your, um, you know, your ability to to, you know, to transact, then they have a sale. Absolutely. And I just want to say that I think an informed customer is an even better customer for dealerships because it makes it that much easier in the sales process. I mean, these people, so a lot of people come in now knowing what they want. Totally. So it's a lot easier of a sales process. So let me ask you, when you talk to your colleagues or colleagues, your 
your peers. <laughs> this your is peers. the moment where we start dating ourselves. Totally. And uh, well, when you talk to your peers, you know, in in uh, you know in in your schools, right, and your friends, your sorority, fraternity, whatever, um, do they share these types of feelings? Would you say there's consensus here, or do you have friends that are like, I never want to go into a dealership ever? Um, well, you know, how does that play out for you now? Um, so I actually have a close friend of mine that just got a new car and it was like months and months of research until I think she only went to one place because she knew exactly what car she wanted hmm. after researching for all this time. So I think, yeah, online is a, definitely a big aspect. And I know for me, I knew exactly what I wanted and I liked being able to look at it online and pick, I want this color interior and this and this and this. Hmm. Whereas I can also understand going to the dealership and picking it. I just think it's hard. Like Adam said, the inventory has been super low. It's right. now climbing back up, but when it's not, you're not going and getting to kind of see all of them. You kind of have to have an idea in your head of what you want to go see. Sure. Because there's not that many, I'd say, to choose from. That's such a great point, I think, yeah. because you think about the generation we're talking to. They have grown up knowing nothing different. Yeah. Right? I mean, they research, they they look online first thing, right? Totally. So as a dealer, you have to be able to respond to that type of customer. But I also heard in there that you would have seen value in actually seeing the cars physically, right? Not just online. Did I hear that right? Yes, I think 100%. I think for me, the situation is like my whole family is Toyotas. So we've only ever driven Toyotas or my mom had a Lexus at one point. But so my first car was a Toyota and I loved that car. I knew that I wanted it again. So when my lease was up, I just got the next level of mm. the Camry. Mm -hmm. So I liked how it drove. I already knew that. But if I weren't in that position, I would want to go and try it out at test drive, something sure. like that, like they were mentioning. So I do think that that's valuable if they look online and then you get to go and kind of experience it firsthand. Right. So I heard also in there about, you know, ordering the car and you know, I guess in a perfect world, would you be okay waiting three months for the car, right? I, I mean, let's assume that you could go to a place and view the vehicles, but then you had to go online and order it and wait three months. Is that something that you would want to do? Well, I or mean, would you rather, sorry, or would you rather just take the car right there? Just go and, and get the car. Personally, I yeah. mean, I have, I would say I'm not the most patient person. <laughs> so if it was a perfect world, I would love to go in, pick it up and drive it. I can be kind of impulsive like that. But I think I did have to wait a few months. And so that resulted in having to extend the current lease, which was a little bit of a hassle. But I think to me, it was worth waiting, but I would much rather pick it up right then and there. But I think a car is important. So if it's not gonna be exactly what I want, right. like all the features that I want, the packages that I want, I would rather wait the three months and hmm. hold out to get exactly what I was looking for. Jacob, same same question. Would you, in a perfect world, how would you have it? So I would say it depends on the car. So if it's a Honda Pilot, you know, I'll get it right there. That's fine with me. But let's say it's a 911 Turbo S, you know, I'm okay with it. <laughs> Dreaming big. I like it. I can wait. I, I can like it. What do you think, Adam? What, do you th what about you? I think it depends. I think a lot of people have differing situations. So as a dealership or as even a seller, you have to be accommodating to those different situations, right? Obviously, we're assuming a perfect world, but some people need that car today. And some people have the ability and the optionality to wait. For myself personally, I can find the happy medium, right? If I'm in a comfortable situation, you know, I have my current vehicle, 
that I'm okay waiting. But again, everything is circumstantial. I think the important thing for a dealership and for any vendor of any sort is to find out what your customer, like what they want and how you can best deliver that. You know, if they're, if they're going for that customization that Madeline was talking about, then, you know, maybe they're okay. Like say, like, hey, are you okay waiting a few extra months? Maybe they are, maybe they aren't, that's life. If, you know, they just want the base package and, or they, they want something that you have in stock now, you can drive it off the lot. So optionality, I think, is the key. Yeah, and, and you know, it's interesting you say that because I think in our experience, um, there are dealers that do that. There are dealers that are more than happy to uh, trade for vehicles, to, you know, use incoming pipeline and tell their customer, hey, this is going to take some time if you want it exactly like this. But would you say your, uh, your friends, are they um, impatient, as, as you put it, as well? Um, or, you know, are they willing to wait? What do you think? I think it's honestly depends on personality yeah. because it's what's a priority to you because there, it could be a priority to me to get everything that I wanted in a car, but then say someone sitting next to me say, Adam, it's not his necessarily his priority. It's just, he'd rather just have something that's going to get him from point A to point B. So, but I think definitely just from my friends, what I've noticed is maybe they've become a little bit more patient in getting exactly what they want. Yep. If that's like, available to them, hmm. I would say. So I'm hearing some themes here yeah. that, that resonate with, with our conversations yeah. over the course of the walk around. Customer centricity. Totally. Right? As a dealer, you have to meet the customer, not just where they are, but what they want. Right? It's not about being sold to. It's about understanding the customer's needs. There's a great saying, I think, and our president, Scott Gunnell, says this quite a bit. Uh, but it's people love buying things, but they hate being sold. Yeah, and, and we're um, hearing that, and that's first, a, it's a it's a great first person, and we're hearing it right first person. <clears throat> the other thing I hear from from our guests is the relationship between online and in store mm. is extremely relevant. Right, totally. We, we talk all the time about digital retail and how much it's taking over the business, but the reality is. An informed consumer is going to utilize digital retail, but when it comes time to purchase, they still want that interaction. Absolutely. I mean, I think you guys are crystal clear on that. And I would add, you know, for me, it seems like the car business is alive and well with the younger <laughs> generation, you know? I mean, because we hear pride of ownership. We hear you know, passion and style. We hear, you know, aspirational to that 911, right? So um, car business is, is alive and well. Absolutely. According to this, according to this panel of interns. So yeah, no, I'm, that's, that's a great point. And it leads me to one of our other questions when you think about kind of the dealer of the future, you hear a lot about manufacturers selling directly to consumers, obviously mm. Tesla, has certainly made uh, a tremendous business and a name for itself without the traditional dealership model. I'm curious what you guys think about that in terms of manufacturers selling directly to consumers or the, the local, you know, small town type of dealership still being relevant in the car buying process. What do you guys think about that? Sure, so I think that it's an interesting concept for sure, but I think as previously stated, that there's something to be said about the local dealership kind of thing. I just, you know, I'm not sure long term how the OEM selling right to the consumer kind of thing would work, just logistically speaking. I think that 
the dealerships and the franchises and that kind of thing, it just makes it a more streamlined process for, for pretty much everyone. I mean, for the consumer and just that dealership experience, like I said, I think it's it's alive and well, and it will be in the future. Mm-hmm. I think the way, so first of all, there's legislation that currently bars that from happening, to my knowledge. But also, That's a great point, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, sort of. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean. But you know, I think it's you, happening. It's you, happening. You guys talked about like in a perfect world, would I be willing to just order a car and wait three or so months for it to get there? I think there's two possibilities, right? If OEMs were to sell direct to consumer then that would become more of the reality where you're ordering from the OEM's website or something like SmartPath from Toyota or something from the dealership's website. And you'd wait until you know it's delivered to your car or delivered to your house and that's an appointment-based system. Another thing that we've looked into as the dealership of the future is decentralization, right? Where you have some sort of middle or you have some sort of, this is the dealership per se, but like some sort of selling ground where you, know, you walk in, maybe a bit of a showroom, maybe you get the opportunity to meet some of the managers. From the OEM's uh, point of view, though, it, it could just be you have a few warehouses scattered around sporadic points of the city. So in Florida, right, you have things in Boca Raton, you have things in Fort Lauderdale, maybe in Miami and Jacksonville. So you ha- like you're in the hubs of the city, in the hubs of the state, and you can just have somebody drive the car to the house or drop it off so, there. So what I'm hearing as an idea, right, is if I'm if I'm understanding correctly, it's you're talking about an experience center where the inventory is held centrally in other places and the, the dealership or the manufacturer is becomes an experience and is not necessarily the selling exactly. arm. Yeah. Is, did I hear that right? Absolutely. And I don't want to spoil too much of our intern project just okay. yet. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> but that's, that's exactly right, right? We want to be able to convey that experience, yep. but then also keep the car buying or keep the car uh, delivery and process a little bit separate just so it's not in your face. It's almost like if you go into a store and let's say you go to a shoe store, right? Shoes are constantly in your face. That's a good reminder. Like number one, you're there to buy shoes, but you also have the availability in front of you. But what you don't see is that when you go to the back room, all the boxes and lines of shoes behind you that you you may want or that they may have your size. So that's a possibility where you have that experience and then you have the sale or the- Yeah, well, Hmm. you know, it's interesting because there are retailers now that uh, started online that now go and are building retail shops. Sure. You know, so Untuck It as an example of a brand. Warby um, Parker. Warby Parker, great example. Um, but uh, but we see that. We see that they work together. And I think that's what you're saying. Would you agree, Madeline? What do you think? I would definitely agree. I have like a personal opinion on Tesla because I think it was something that was so new. Yeah. And it was like this revolutionary new way of driving cars and they really didn't need to market. And I think that people view Tesla as a luxury. Mm-hmm. So, and now that Tesla's like dropping their prices because they don't really have all those extra costs so that people are just buying them because it's almost like a sign or a sign of status. Sure. I would say that's how I view Tesla. And I think that it could be potentially short-lived. Mm-hmm. Like that's not gonna go on forever. And I think that going back to our point of relationships, the small local dealerships is like, you build relationships with people, exactly like I said with the salespeople at Alexis, I still think that's important to have those local relationships with dealerships. Wow, yeah, that's amazing. Well, speaking of Tesla, I think our next topic we wanted to shift on you guys a little bit was around EVs, right? Uh, You can't avoid the discussion on EVs anywhere, whether you're in the car business or not. 
And um, and we're curious, right? Because the reality is we, we believe that at the end of the day, the consumers vote with their wallets. Um, and uh, right now there's sort of like a, uh, you've probably heard this reference or maybe you haven't, now I'm gonna date myself, like we said we weren't <laughs> gonna do. But um, you know, it's sort of a field of dreams moment, which again, I'm dating myself, so I'll, I'll, I'll explain Anyone the reference. Anyone see field of dreams on the, Yes, I think so. Oh, I know you're talking about. Oh no! Um, <laughs> if you build it, they will come. Yeah, Do you so know that reference? The, no. the movie centered See, around a voice, which says, "If you build it, they things. will come." And we're calling this a field of dreams moment in the car business because they're building them. The question is, will, will they come? They come? <laughs> and so, you know, let's start with you, Adam. What are your feelings on EV? Would you consider one? Myself personally, today, I would not. But in the future, I think it's going to be a huge part of the automotive space. Um, What's so holding I, you back today? Why not consider it now? I think today I'm just very comfortable with my current vehicle. Hmm. Like I mentioned, I did just buy a car about a year ago. Um, I got a really good deal on a nice Lexus. And you know, I'm still in a position where I'm earlier in my career. Um, I don't, I'm not, I would say like, I'm thankful for that my family's financially stable, but myself personally, like I don't have the, the bandwidth to go out and spend $40,000. So um, it's a cost. It's a cost thing. I think it's a cost thing. It's also yeah. a comfortability thing. Right. Um, as it when you say comfortability, is that reliability? Is that you're concerned mm -hmm. about the the breakdown costs or not necessarily? Yeah. I think more just I'm just very comfortable with where I am. Gotcha. Um, and I'm I'm a huge proponent of always looking forward and looking to the next thing. But as it pertains now, you know I am very happy with my my current vehicle. Yep. Um, I, I, you know, we've been doing a lot of research on EVs for our project and how that would factor into the marketplace. Sure. One really interesting thing that I heard on uh, the Owen podcast, if you guys are familiar, is uh, EVs. Leon listen to the walk around. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Leon. That's my favorite one. Over and over. Sure. Oh, the only one you need. It's more about our own. It's all about us. It's all about us. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <go> ahead. <laughs> but the uh, inventory days of EVs was about 92 or 96. Hmm. And the inventory days for ICE vehicles is about 56. So it, it shows you that they're staying in, like they, they have the inventory now more than before. They're just not selling them as quickly for right. whatever reason. So um, what do you guys think is kind of the, the, some of the, the, the issues that consumers are thinking about with EVs? Is it price? Is it range anxiety with the battery? Is it pract practicality? Because, you know, if you're a college student, do you even have access to a charger? Um, Are there chargers on campus? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I saw someone at my apartment complex that had a Tesla. Right. I don't know where they were charging it, but... <laughs> so what are your thoughts on EVs? Um, I think I think they're cool. Whenever I got the chance to go over Lexus, I got to learn all about the RZ. Yeah. So I think it, that changed my perspective. And I also think that because they're brand new, that maybe the sales people don't necessarily know as much as they should and aren't pushing them as much as they should. Mm, interesting. Because one thing that I learned while I was there is that for Lexus, people are worried about the range anxiety that it's not, it can only go a hundred and something miles and manufacturers say you shouldn't charge it above 80, but don't let it go below 20. Sure. So I think that for me, I'm, I run my car on zero miles sometimes like i'm not i'm i don't like getting gas i don't like any of that kind of stuff the light always comes on for me so yeah don't feel like you're by yourself there's there. by the way there's a great website out there that tells you every single make and model by year when you hit zero how many miles you have left wow it's a great website that's that's a resource. Resource. Yeah, yeah really helpful in case you run on zero miles yeah, probably so, yep. but yeah I, so i learned that 
So with the new RZ, if you're, say you're taking it out, you buy it, but you want to go on a road trip, there's a certain number of days that you can rent, go into Lexus and they'll rent you a gas or a hybrid vehicle hmm. to then take that on a, say if you're going on a road trip, because you don't necessarily want to take the right. um, electric vehicle. And I think that's something that's new, which the new salespeople know because they're kind of younger generation coming into the sales. but. I just think a lot of times right now why people are straying away is the range anxiety and also just not knowing enough. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I personally think I would consider it. I do think the charging yeah. is can be inconvenient and it takes a longer time than it would take to get gas. Right. So there's a lot of things that I think in the future they'll fix. Right. So with a little better technology, a little better range, a little better uh, infrastructure for charging, you'd certainly consider it. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, and it's an uh, adjustment, you, right, for people. Totally. They have to change a little bit of their, how they How they think how about they think. the vehicle, 100%. Yeah, and we're constantly evolving, so eventually, I feel like a lot more people are gonna be driving EVs. Right, yep. Jacob, what do you think? All right, Jacob. Okay, so circling back to what I said earlier, you know how I said that I feel driving is an experience? Yeah. So the car enthusiast in me has a very strong opinion about EVs. Wow, here we go. Oh, wow, here we go. <laughs> All right, we, like we touched a nerve, so, let's go. So the Tesla Plaid, Fastest zero to 60, right? Production sure. car. But I think that there's no noise, right? There's no backfire. There's no, it's not like a real, it's so disconnected from the actual driving experience, hmm. in my opinion. So I think that there's something to be said about shifting gears, yeah. about hearing the exhaust noise. And sure, they have the, you know, the speaker phone, the fake exhaust noise, <laughs> but the car enthusiast in me, is, is offended by that, I'm Wow, wow. Wow, yeah. that's, Very that's a hot take. Yeah. I like it. I like I, it. I do like I it. I mean, I'm sure well, you're not alone, right? I mean, I'm no, sure well, there's, there's lots of... And I think Porsche acknowledged that recently when they said that the 911 will stay gas mm -hmm. and everything else will go EV, but the 911 is going to stay gas. So right. I recognize that for the average commuter, obviously going forward, an EV might be extremely practical. I mean, if it can drive itself, on your daily commute, I mean, what's not to love about that? You don't even have to touch it. So, but just speaking from the car enthusiast perspective and me, me personally, I just think that it's so disconnected from the actual driving experience that it's not something that I would want to partake in. So love you it. would not see yourself owning an EV? Maybe, maybe uh, as a week car, but definitely not like a weekender. But honestly, no, honestly, <laughs> no. Honestly, big, big ass <laughs> Can we take a minute to think about Jacob's future? Because he's talking about multiple cars, ownerships. Yes. Right. 9-11, yeah. right? I want to continue to know Jacob. <laughs> Me too. He's going places. We're, we're going to watch you guys, for sure. Stay connected to him. Definitely. But uh, I think it's time, Mark. For, uh, is it? We're going to bring up uh, our a new, a, new segment a new segment that is sweeping the nation. <laughs> and uh, it's called Spotify. Well, we, some of us are calling it Spotify. We're calling it Spotify. <laughs> Listen. Uh, Jacob here touched on something that's important in the car buying process, relationships, right? And getting to know your consumers is part of that relationship. So we're going to take a minute here <laughs> to try to get to know you guys a little bit better and get some, give some insights yeah. to our dealers yep. who, how do they connect with the, with the Gen Z generation? Right. You guys are Gen Z, right? Yeah, technically. technically. technically okay. yeah. yeah. So what we're going to do here is our very own Mark Spoto, Spotify, <laughs> is going to give you a pair of this or that. And we're going to do rapid fire. We're going to go down the line and we want your this or that. And that's that's what we're going to do. OK, All sound right, so, good. So we'll go. We'll start with Jacob. Then we'll go Adam, Madeline. 
you say one or the other. And if you don't like either of these, feel free to shout out an alternative to one of these two. All yes. right, what's your preference? Instagram or TikTok? Instagram. TikTok. TikTok. All right. Elliot, what's your preference? Have you been on TikTok? I'm going to really date myself. <laughs> Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Now, I know uh, your parents may be listening to this, but uh, we're all assuming you may have had a drink or two. Uh, we're all 21. We're all Let's 21. Just assume Let's that. just assume. Beer or hard seltzer? Beer. Beer. Hard seltzer. Seltzer. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Ikea, rooms to go. Mm. Mm. Ikea. Ikea. Amazon. Amazon. Mm, that's good, good one. It's a good answer. Uh, <laughs> living on campus or renting an apartment? Freshman year living on campus, after that, off campus. I'm living on campus this year, but definitely an apartment. I've only ever lived off campus. Oh, <laughs> I don't really oh, have wow. a... Sorry, campus dwellers. <laughs> Losers. <laughs> um, iPhone or Samsung Flip? IPhone. Or Fold, whatever. <laughs> I think if you're an adult, probably a Samsung, but iPhone for now. Wait, what? <laughs> what does that mean? Wait, if you're an old head, you're using a Samsung. Yeah. If you're cool, iPhone. Madeline? Yeah. I think iPhone for everyone. iPhone Ooh. for everyone. I'm an iPhone guy, yeah. but I got to tell you, Same. I played around with that Samsung Flip recently, and it had me questioning my loyalty. That's sure. All right, yeah. now we're getting into some style. H&M or Abercrombie? H&M. Sheen. Sheen. Mm. Mm, fast fashion. <laughs> I have no idea what they just said. I don't know what they're talking about. Oh, no. so. I, I would say Abercrombie, but fast fashion is what Sheehan is. Okay. Ooh, interesting. Right. It's controversial. I'll, We're give, gonna a, I'll give a plug to the Trunk Club. I like the Trunk Club. I do like the Trunk Club. Yeah. We're going to Google fast fashion after this and educate ourselves. <laughs> Nike or New Balance? Nike. Nike. Um. Yeah, Nike. Okay. Yeah. Starbucks or Dunkin'? I'm not a big coffee drinker, but <laughs> I, do, I do have a Starbucks coffee. I'm a huge fan of the uh, JMA break room coffee. <laughs> okay. uh, all right. The break room. The free coffee. The free, 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 free coffee, coffee essentially. Uh, Starbucks. Starbucks. Uh, Jersey Mike's or Subway? Jersey Mike's, come on. Uh, Jimmy John's. Jimmy oh, John's. Jimmy John's. Oh, Publix subs. Pub oh, sub. That's pub pub sub. That's clearly that's a Southeast girl right there. <laughs> All right, SUV or sedan? Coupe. Coupe. Sedan. 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 Mm. Uh, Apple Music or Spotify? Spotify. Apple Music, 100%. Apple Music. Uh, Apple Music. Wow. <laughs> Netflix or Disney Plus? I'll say Netflix. 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 I do like the pause there because there was clearly, there was. Oh, I do like Disney Plus. <laughs> you know? All right. I love Disney Plus for the record, too. Now let's get into some pop culture. Vanderpump Rules or Below Deck? I don't watch either, but my parents watch Below Deck, so shout out to the parents. Below this is we're dating ourselves. We knew this would Our happen. Parents, you knew, his we, parents are listening. <laughs> yes. I actually don't know what both of those are. <laughs> I'm really passionate about this. I love Vanderpump Rules, but I also watch Below Deck, but I'm going to the Vanderpump Rules restaurant in Vegas. In oh, October. wow. Yeah, I'm like a so We have a super fan. Super, yeah. super fan. You don't, don't get me going on it because I could go forever. Okay, Vanderpumps. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. All right. You mentioned this earlier, but this in terms of buying, would you do CarMax or Carvana? CarMax. CarMax. Toyota. 
Toyota. Mm. Okay. All right, finally, <laughs> finally, <laughs> harder test, SAT or ACT? Hmm. Well, I did way better on the ACT, so I guess for me personally, I'll say SAT. It's probably SAT. Mm-hmm. Or I did horrible on both. <laughs> but who cares? But I made it, college so. You did make it. That's I made good. it to Florida State. All right, well, that was... Well, one more. One more? I think there's one more. Oh, I missed it. Yeah. Okay. You're graduating. What's next? Grad school or get a job? Get a job and consider going to grad school in the future. Okay. Exactly that. Same. Oh, they want to work. They want to work. All right. The labor force is alive and well. That's right. The scholarships oh, are going to run Thank goodness. Out. You're going to yeah, have to exactly. pay for our social security. So. <laughs> All right, Elliot. Now thank you in advance. It's time to close out the show. Oh, it's time. With a sure thing. Okay. So, uh, you know, another segment that we have that... Not quite sweeping the nation like Spotify. <laughs> it's already kind of blown it's, up, you know, it's, right? It's Everyone like, knows a sure thing. Sure. Yes. Elliot here, he has some hot takes. Yeah. So we've uh, we've covered some of it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna provide a perspective, and and you guys are gonna either say that's a sure thing or not a sure thing, and why. And so uh, real quick, I I think we covered some of this already, but I'm gonna ask the question. So we talked about online car buying a bit and what big, what percent that's gonna be of the market is, is and I believe that it will never be full end-to-end online buying more than 20% of the overall car market. Sure thing or not a sure thing? Okay. I'll say sure thing for sure. All right. <laughs> okay. Not a sure thing. Not, not a, sure a sure thing. I think it'll be closer to 40 to 50. Mm, all right. Well, we'll have to see. I would say sure thing. Sure thing. So we feel there's, generally speaking, and we even include your perspective, more than half of customers will still want to Absolutely. buy a car in person. Yeah. Definitely. I think at least go to drive it to yeah. know what they're buying online. Right. So there's still going to have to be that in-person aspect. All right. There you have you it. You got two out of the three, Elliot. That's uh, great. That's, okay. Yeah, two out of I three. I like to keep score. Yeah. So. <laughs> and he takes delight. And I just really enjoy it. So, so it's a good start. Yeah. I'm giving you credit here. Yeah. Two out of three. Um, so, you know, the, the, there's a, another movie. I'm going to date myself here again. But there's a great movie from the 80s. The late, great Rodney Dangerfield uh, had a movie called Back to School. Have you guys seen it? I know Rodney Dangerfield. He's, okay. he's a homework. homework. So the answer is no. We have homework. <laughs> he's trying to be polite. We have two. They've never heard of it. Okay, back to school. So in that movie, at the end of the movie, um, you know Rodney Dangerfield, that, you know, proclaims he was speaking as the as the Bened- as the uh, the keynote speaker of the graduation. And anyway, um, the question for on, on, on you know we are, we have children. So the question in our mind is, as you guys graduate, I believe it's a sure thing that you absolutely need to move back in with your parents. Sure thing or not a sure thing? Madeline, we'll start with you. I mean, personally, that's what I'm gonna do because I can't afford to live on my own. But I mean, sometimes people get, like if I got a job in a different city, then not a sure thing. Not a sure thing. But for me personally, probably a sure thing. Okay. Not a sure thing for me at all. I wanna, I have higher aspirations. I wanna live in New York City and start my career there in finance. All right. Not a sure thing. I think <laughs> there's something to be said about the independence, and yeah. it just—I think it'll help motivate you even more, honestly. So, okay, all right. I think so. Over yeah. three. Was that over three? Not a sure thing. I thought I got personally. I mean, okay. it's like in the middle. I'm. She half, half credit. credit. I get right. a half. We get half. Okay, we score half. half I might take advantage of that for like a couple years. Yeah. 
we'll go watch the movie and see what Roddy Dangerfield says at the end, and you'll <laughs> you maybe have to change that. <laughs> but, um, all right, our final sure thing. Final sure intern. thing. So you know, it's always an interesting thing, you know, in terms of the best colleges, you know, in the in the you know in the United States, and it's really interesting. The Florida schools, both UF. FSU have really shot up the rankings. I'm sure Mark could not get into FSU if he applied right now. <laughs> Definitely not. But um, Definitely not. And um, and so t- this year, in the according to the U.S. News World Reports, the number one school in the country is Princeton University. However, I believe that without fail, it has to be Harvard. How do you not give Harvard the number one school in the country? Sure thing or not a sure thing? Let's start with you. I think not a sure thing because it's obviously the University of Florida. Oh boy. There you go. <laughs> that was a Adam, I walked was, right into that one. Right into that one. <laughs> oh my gosh. God. I don't know what you expected. You know what I'm going to say. It's not a sure thing. It's Florida State. Come on. It's Florida State. <laughs> All right. Madeline? Um, I think not a sure thing, obviously, because of Florida State, but I think Harvard's just overhyped. It's like, oh, Over-hyped. I went to Harvard. Harvard. Oh, man. Okay. I love it. Well, there you have it. Elliot, could we have asked for better interns? You guys this, were amazing. This, <laughs> you guys are On this naturals. episode? I love it. We have been trying to put this episode together for a while, and you guys totally delivered. Definitely. Thank you so much. Somewhere. Yes. Good luck the rest of the summer. Check out these guys. on. You're on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. Adam, Jacob, Madeline. Awesome. We're going to be keeping tabs on you guys for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. And Especially. hopefully one day, maybe you can come and and work with us. We'd love that. Absolutely. We would love it. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank, right, you. thank you. Thank you so much for listening to us on The Walk Around. This podcast is produced by the team at the JMA Group. Special thanks to Caitlin Swanson, James Gahn, and Michaela Gerritsen for helping us produce this episode and others. If you're a dealer owner, if you're a general manager, regardless of your career in automotive, you are sure to pick up some insights on the walk around. I like what you did there. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's nice. And uh, we uh, we appreciate all of our listeners. Uh, you can find us anywhere you, where you can find podcasts, Apple, Spotify. We're on YouTube. Uh, Spotify video now available. All you got to do, if you have an Alexa-enabled device, you could just say, Alexa, play the walk around and it will play. So uh, we appreciate you. Remember to like, go ahead and subscribe. Thank you for listening.